Welcome to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast, where every two weeks we explore all the aspects of the weight loss surgery journey. We'll hear from a range of experts, including bariatric surgeons, psychologists, patients, and dietitians, sharing up-to-date, informative advice to help fast-track your long-term weight loss success. Welcome everyone to the Australian Weight Loss Surgery Podcast. My name's Jackie Lewis and I'm the clinical nutritionist for BN Multi. And today I have the pleasure of Gay Landetta's company from Create the Life You Want to Live. So welcome, Gay. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. It's actually a privilege. So I'm really excited to explore the concepts of your work. And um, so tell me a little bit more about Create the Life You Want to Live. How did you develop that as a business name what's what's underneath it yeah well it's it's something that I came to um, when I found that I was working with clients um, and I realized in myself that there was this drive to want to be you know my best self my clients wanted to be their best self and there is this idea of of changing who we are um, and creating but I actually think it's it's we are co-creating it so it's this part of us deep inside that's wanting to come out and and so creating we are creating it from deep within and it's about listening to that those those um, nuances that are are telling us what it is that is going to give us the joy and the passion and the you know and and really so we can live the life that we really want to live so that's kind of how it came about when did it come about how long have you been creating lives that people want to live Well, I I first started practicing in 97 and um, it probably emerged probably in after about, it took me a few years to kind of find where it was that I was really focused. The first few years I was very focused on working. I did a lot of work with kids at risk and I did a lot of work with with, um, trauma and I was very interested in, uh, and I still am, in reflexes and how they impact on us being able to do so much in our life. And um, so that work kind of interestingly naturally became more focused on what we what is possible for us and what can be possible when we are sort of release all those blocks to being who we are. Right. And so helping people get in charge of their lives and create change so they really step up to the best part of themselves is the core of what you do. How do you bring that about? What what is, is there a name for the modality or the therapies that you implement with your patients? Absolutely. Well, um, the core of my training is kinesiology. So kinesiology is a process that uh, more and more people are hearing about now. It's a fairly new process. You know, it was developed back in the 70s, but um, it's got roots further back into um, chiropractic and into Chinese medicine. Um, But it also is linked in with what we, what is true for us deep inside. So it's a way we use Uh, muscle testing as a way of discovering what is right and what is the right thing for the moment. So it's a very interesting modality. There's so many different ways to use it that I can't even start to begin to tell you. I think there was something like 62 when I was first studying in the early 90s, and I don't even know how many forms of it there are now. Mm. Um, But the interesting thing that I found was I came into it originally through a counseling route. So I had uh, started to train in counseling and uh, family support. And my frustration was in the inability to make change despite knowing things. 
So that the talk therapy is fantastic. But you know, what happens is you just bump up against your old stuff and it doesn't change. And you know, I was particularly finding it with myself, but also with the people that I was working with. Um, And I thought, you know, there must be some better way to do this. And so I found kinesiology initially when I was looking for stuff to support my kids. But then when I found it, it was like, oh, this is what (laughs) I need. (laughs) You know, I still remember those those transformational first few uh, times when it was like, oh, wow, now this is really creating change. This is really undoing those old habits and patterns. This really is opening up opportunities that before I could kind of like get the idea of until Mm -hmm. my old triggers and my old, you know, kind of stuff took over. And then I just went back into those old ingrained patterns. Yeah. And I think you're right when you talk about the comparison between the talk therapy, which is very supportive. Yeah. And often we walk away from a talk therapy session with some tools. It's like, well, I've got this problem. And then you chat about it with your counsellor and they'll go, well, when that problem comes up, do this. And I feel that when we actually get underneath that into these belief systems and our guests in our unconscious and in our body, when we can access those, we don't necessarily need all these tools to manage anymore because we've actually cleared it. And throughout you know, quite a few of my podcasts now will see this common thread of trying to access these parts of us that we can't necessarily bring to the fore ourselves. And talk therapy will help to bring new awarenesses and certainly is helpful as far as also, you know, driving those things to come to the surface. But I think these clearing techniques and these different modalities that give access to those um, really create quick change that's not like you're swimming around in your old junk and that's what I like about it (laughs) yeah I, I totally agree. I always um, think of um, this older client who came to see me a number of years ago. And she, I think, would have been in her 60s then. And she had spent her entire life, she had gone to some of the most brilliant psychologists. She had done fantastic work. But her thing was every day in the shower, she had to go through those tools and techniques and think mm. about how she was going to get through the day. Uh, and it was exhausting. And as we worked together, we got underneath it. And we found the causes of what was going on. And once we dealt with that, those fantastic tools that she'd learned just became normal, easy. Yes. They just integrated because that's what the idea of CBT and all those things, like it's it's meant to work and change the way that we think and do things. But it can only do that if it's not, if it's sitting on nice, solid foundations. If those foundations are, are rocky or, um, you know, pegged in some kind of landslide, then as soon as that landslide starts... We've lost all those tools. Yeah, and, um, you know, and, and so, and she was just amazing because I could really see, like, honestly, it had been something like 40 years she'd been seeing somebody, somebody regularly and they were, you know, really good people. Everything that she had learnt was excellent. That's it, but it's still, you have to be the one who implements that. And that takes planning and less reactivity and foresight and all that sort of stuff. And I'm lazy and I don't want to have all those things. I want to cut to the chase and get underneath it with certain tools like yours. And I just think, yeah, the more broadly we can bring about this um, understanding of these tools that are 
at our fingertips now, especially with online consulting and that sort of thing. It's um, it is bringing our access to different therapies. It's making it really easy. And so, in your practice, in your work, you also you do one-on-one sessions, but you also have a program. Create your life, dream, plan, and unfold. I like the sound of that. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Well. That came about because a lot of my clients, it's not just about undoing blocks. There's a whole reimagining of themselves in their lives um, that they're wanting to do at the same time. You know, life has either not taken them in the direction they want or they're feeling somehow stuck or trapped or, you know, they're just really feeling the call for more purpose or more meaning in their life. So they're really wanting to make major changes. And there's processes that we need to go through to do that. And so I've combined the processes with kinesiology and sessions with me for this very elegant way of going through and kind of coming to peace with our past as we are creating this new way of being. And I think in terms of that creating, I think that it's really important that it's not this, um, uh, you know, kind of taking action hardcore kind of thing, because I don't really think that that works. It doesn't work for the long term. And it certainly doesn't work for the majority of my clients. Often they're there because they've tried to do that and it it hasn't worked. Um, And it's this magical place that we need to find, which is kind of this place between flowing and, and, you know, taking action and, you know, it's it's being and doing. There's a nice balance between it where, where life just becomes more synchronistic. Things happen at the right time. We're not pushing all the time, but we are still growing. And it's a it's a beautiful way that I think that we are really meant to be. Yeah, it sounds like a flow, doesn't it? You know, exactly. The right thing appears at the right time. And I've been in that state from time to time and I always think, gee, that's just, you know, and it's 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 work that we need to do to get there. But once you're in that place of, I don't know, and it sounds pretty woo-woo, but it's very, it just seems that the right things turn up at the right time and the right people, you, you start to attract into life what you need. So I think it's, yeah, again, planning and unfolding sounds you know, pretty fabulous as well. And is it an online program or is it something that we attend or how does that work? Well, it's kind of a combination. So um, there are some online training modules because then we can sit and take them in, you know, review them. There's some questions, there's some processes to do on on your own. And then there's also time with me. So because always that type of stuff will start to bring up our old issues, our old, you uh, you know, why am I here? What is, what's going on and so then that it includes that time with me so that it can be uh, resolved and so we can keep stepping forward to really create our life mm. and so our listeners being on their weight loss journey how do you see that fitting in your programs and the the underlying sort of work with the kinesiology and goal setting that sort of thing how do you see that benefiting somebody who's gone from I guess that it is an unfolding and and it's a time of huge change. Do you see where do they manage? Where, how does that work out? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. It's such a huge transformation that they're going through. And any kind of transformation like that is really starting to get into the core of our, who we are mm. and our identity. You know, we, we have these kind of um, beliefs, patterns, but it, it links into 
every part of us, every cell of our body. You know, it's it's our body, it's our mind, it's every part of who we are that start to take these on. And um, these little beliefs are seem insignificant, but they will, they just stop us or they take us backwards. You know, so for example, on a weight loss journey, you know, it must be so exciting, you know, to be able to finally be losing weight and to be feeling fantastic. But that weirdly will bring up its own challenges because it's new and different. Um, And then there's the challenge of, okay, so what about when that stops? Mm. And there's the maintenance time. You know, there's there's such a huge transition that they're going through. And um, as they go through that, being able to to come to terms with with the good and the bad and, you know, and, and processing that is such a significant thing in terms of it being a long-term lifestyle change and um you know you know because they really are in the process of of transforming everything about themselves it's, mm, it's such a huge journey requires so much courage and and uh you know it's amazing yeah and i think you're right it's more about managing these different parts of us as you go along and i do hear some patients kind of get there finally and they've always wanted to be this slimmer version of themselves and it's almost like they can't understand that like a lot of them talk about the head game and they go through the journey and lose the weight and it's almost like now what and who am I and what do I do with this success because as we were saying earlier success can feel a bit foreign when all you've done is battle with your weight and your self-esteem and you know everything else so could that also be applied as far as learning to manage success in the end of the day absolutely um and learning actually our brain learning how to be mobile enough to change its perspective because when we have these ingrained thoughts that are kind of being um, informed by our life and that are being reinforced by our external world, Mm. you know, they become really kind of so deeply ingrained that we can't even necessarily see them. And um, so, uh, but as we start to get through that process and learn how we can change and how we can reframe, you know, it's kind of like every time we do it, it becomes easier to do it next time. So Mm. every time we have those six Successes. But what can happen is we have a little bit of, a, you know, a failure. And I'm saying it in quotes, Mark, because there is nothing that is really a failure, but it feels like a failure. And we have something like that happens and it can just take us back to square one. And that's when when we really know that there's some more that's sitting there underneath, you know, because there's picture that the picture that we have inside of our head. I know when I've worked with people who've, who've lost a great amount of weight, you know, there's things like where I am in space, which is a significant significant thing, mm. you know, um, and I know myself just from really a, a very little thing. I was always the oldest in my family and always looked after my younger brothers and sisters. So I was the big girl and I always was the big girl to look after my brothers and sisters. And I remember um, at some stage when I got older and I had bought a jacket for one of my sons who was only about 10 or 12 at the time and it hadn't fit him. A friend of mine said, oh, that should fit you actually. It's a it's a neat jacket. It was a denim jacket. And I went, no way, it's so small. It's never going to fit me because I was looking at this jacket. It looked tiny to me and just try it oh, fit me perfectly. And it was, it 
absolutely blew my brain out. Um, and I, I can I still can remember how amazed I was because I was looking at, I didn't really think that I, you know, I, I thought that I was pretty clear about my size. Yeah. And, and I looked at this jacket. It looked like this tiny little thing on this little, you know, my son who was quite a, uh, you know, this little fine thing. Not that I'm little and fine, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I, it was this tiny thing that I saw yeah. and then I put it on. It's like, oh, it, yeah, maybe. It's like a discrepancy in your understanding of yourself. Huge, yeah. Huge disconnect, huge disconnect. And that's when I realized what a huge disconnect that we get yeah. between ourselves when we have this image of ourselves. And um, it was it was one of those really seminal moments of, of realizing how deeply ingrained that we don't even realize these things sit mm. inside of ourselves. That's amazing. And so, yeah, so clearing out, you know, for me, clearing out some of those blocks really actually changed even just my, how I felt about myself. Because mm. as I started to then do some work around that, kinesiology around that and discover that, it helped me to kind of see how that had impacted all sorts of things. And it just unloosens all those possibilities. Yeah, and I guess then who, how you are given that new perspective of yourself. I've got an example of that. I go to a class. I'll just keep it quite anonymous. And I notice there's a man there who has a jacket and he's a larger man. And on the back of the jacket is his name. I'll call him Phil. His back of his jacket says Big Phil. And I think that's where we look at how we're identifying with this and it would be what people call him as well. But then if Big Phil decides he doesn't want to be Big Phil anymore, then who's he going to be? So you can see where this comes in. And also, is Big Phil ever going to be able to get to be not so Big Phil if his belief is that he's Big Phil and all his friends are also referring to him as Big Phil, it becomes an identity. So I'm aware of that and I've I've seen it in email addresses, like people who've made up their own email address and it has a link to their favourite food or their size or something like that. And you just think to do that, it's an expression of yourself and it's quite unconscious when you're doing it. That's how much I can see that there can be this identity with who we've been, who we've been told we are, who we now think we are. And sometimes we don't even like that, but we still continue to support it. So this is where, you know, that work of um, readjusting those beliefs and and yeah, we don't even realize that it has kind of penetrated everywhere we, everything we're doing. So it's, yeah, when you look at it at that level and, it, you know, I can see you sitting here and you're not in that um, category of being obese and you still thought you were big. So imagine the warped understandings that could be running, you know, the show and we don't even know. Exactly, exactly. And I think often, you know, when we take up those things, we have those nicknames for ourselves or we use them you know it's a way of trying to kind of armor ourselves you know I'm already calling myself Big Phil so I don't care you don't have to call me it so it's a self-defense mechanism Mm. and you know we have a lot of those defense mechanisms that build up very strongly and the more um, kind of tough life is the the stronger those defense mechanisms are but there comes a time where they actually as you demonstrate with that like there comes a time when those defense mechanisms turn you know turn around the other way and instead of being defense mechanisms they're actually uh, you know attacking us you know they're stopping us from from really stepping forward stepping up being who we can be 
and living the life that we really would love. I don't know if anyone's, you know, I don't know of many people who would call themselves big, say me, big Jackie and think that's awesome. It's, you know, it comes with a stigma and it comes with a way people would deal with me differently and a whole lot of things that our audience are well, you know, reversed. Mm -hmm. They're well versed at understanding that. So breaking down those, I guess, conditioned responses to life in a lot of ways is what your work does and is certainly a very welcome addition to our education program as well. Yes. Well, I think the other thing is that's very interesting is when we really are coming in and changing our identity, it can leave us feeling very ungrounded incredibly ungrounded so of course you know if our you know there's all sorts of things that can relate to that you know if if part of our our comfort is about eating for example um then that makes it really difficult you know there's you know because that feeling of grounded we know when we don't feel grounded and Mm. and there are we all have things that we do to try to help us to to be grounded um but a lot of the work that i do is very much about being having inner leadership i call it Mm. and inner leadership as opposed to being driven by anything outside of us. And so once we have that inner leadership, once we understand who we are, even beyond what we look like, who we are, so all of those things we can use and develop, and but we have, we're master of those. It's, you know, coming from that deeper place within uh, where we know that we're really, we're really fine. We're really good. We're, we really know our value in the world. I think that's such an essential part of identity. And it's, it's really difficult um, often to get to that when we've been struggling with things in our life. Correct. And, you know, we're just in survival. And often don't know that. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. te- that inner leader makes sense on so many levels. And the understanding of it I'm getting is that when you're strong within yourself and you understand yourself and you have that value of yourself, that you're less impacted on by the external world, other people's opinions, things that people say to you, ideas on how you even dress yourself so that you elicit the correct response from the world that goes by. Which it, it kind of gives me the understanding that you could run your own show a little bit more and, you know, not be so affected by the world. And that I think the, with that comes a certain level of peace of mind and joy, I think, would be when I mean, you don't have to worry about all that external stuff that we take on when we're just not quite solid on the inside, certainly change things for the better. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And We've talked a lot about the weight loss side of things, but overall in in your work, which areas of life do you see totally opening up for people as they start to change these interior, re-interior designing themselves? Well, I think it's, look, that's that's kind of like how, you know, how long is a piece of string? But, you know, there's all sorts of things that people can suddenly do that they couldn't do before. Sometimes it, you know, like um, I got a a text the other day and it was somebody who had, had always needed to kind of be around people to feel happy and she'd send me this text I think it was from the top of Mount Warning or something <laughs> like it was someplace really random like that and it was like I just can't believe how awesome I feel 
you know, I just jumped in the car. I did this just because I wanted to, didn't need to go with anybody, just doing it, just love it. This is me, you know, and it was, and I loved that because it was so much that joy that you get when you actually are starting to find who you are and what you like instead of, and and that internal driving. So, you know, people, you know, they can start businesses or they can get relationships or they can climb Mount Warning. Like, like it's, it's like this Deepak Chopra talks about this unlimited potential that's out there. And I love that phrase. I can always hear his voice in my head saying that. You did it well too. (laughs) And and it, it feels like when we really get into ourselves, then there is, there is those possibilities, you know, we can just give things a go. We can play with them, you know, and we can find what we really love to yes. do um, and what I'm getting is that it becomes more natural so it's not like you know I'm, I'm on this weight loss kick I need to go to the gym it's not it's not the same as I'm on this weight loss kick I need to go to the gym oh my god how do I go to the gym what do I do what do I need it doesn't take weeks and months to actually psych into it it becomes more of a natural process of I'm doing this weight loss thing so I need to go to the gym and off I go there's less of yeah. that drag in the middle of it so that things become more automatic rather than you know a burden of something else to think about and drag yourself to and all those feelings that go with it exactly and then there's also the opportunity there for something like that is you know I'm on this journey I need to go to the gym Mm, is the gym the right the right exercise I need to do something that's going to give me cardio and movement you know well actually you know what I think I really want to do whatever it is, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you know, <laughs> that's what I'm going to do instead. You know, like like there's suddenly, it isn't this exactly this kind of trudging journey yeah. of ticking the box. It's more, um, there's the potential to find the things, even on things like, like um, you know, movement. Uh, movement is, it was never a, a very high on my list. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, I was never very keen on the idea of gyms or things but that idea but there are lots of things that I know I love doing now that are movement based um that are nothing to do with the gym um but give me those same results and um if I'd stayed in the old kind of way my brain went it would have been you know I would still be miseringly that's a new word I just made up yeah it's good isn't it going along to the to the gym um and you know every every few days and moaning about it in my head or just pretending I wasn't there and just going through the motions but instead I can do things that I go oh that's so great and um and I'm really enjoying yeah and so that's exactly right that creativity that comes with that and access to you know what do I like and you know how do I go about getting that done so becomes talks about flow again doesn't it sounds quite smooth to me now I've come to the end of my prodding questions do you have a story you want to share of a patient who took you by surprise at you know just how much they could do things differently in their lives or something else you'd like to share with our listeners yes that would be um well look I can think of um somebody that I have worked with so this person had had quite a interesting background, I guess you could say, and um, had had some challenges and had actually come through that and had moved into what looked like a very successful life on the outside. 
everybody could see this person, see that they were really successful. Um, but they came to me because on the inside, they were completely not Yes, they had. They were successful. Everything that they were doing, everything they touched, everyone thought they were magnificent. But on the inside, it, it was not feeling like that for them. They had huge imposter syndrome. They mm-hmm. had huge identity crisis, self-esteem. Like it was just so much that was going on inside, which didn't match the outside. And so as we started to work and go through the past and settling down some of the past that had, you know, that this person had come through, but not kind of completely let go of, let's say. Then this whole new spaciousness came up of the way that this person could see the world. There was all these new possibilities that they hadn't even thought of that um, they started to look at and go, okay, well, I could do that. They started to re-examine everything that they were doing. They came to the conclusion that it was all good, but they started to look at it. It was like all of, of this person's perceptions changed dramatically because they had were dealing with that old stuff, not just from a, that was the past and this is now. They actually fully had, you know, put it to bed right. and they were really able to live in the present instead of just kind of watching themselves always living in the present. Um, Yeah, they were able to actually really start living in the present and then make choices. And this person had some very big dreams about where uh, they wanted to go. And the process made them kind of stop and think about them, which is a good thing because sometimes our big dreams are just because we think if I do that, then I'm going to feel better. Yes. Um, You know, and so, you know, they stopped and really thought about it. It was like, I really want to do that from a much deeper place. And when we do that, you know, all these other resources start to kind of magically turn up. And so it was a, it was a lovely experience because if you had met this person, you know, uh, before, like, you know, when this person came in, it was kind of like, oh, well, what am I doing here? Yeah. You know? <laughs> they're often the ones who see the greatest change because they're like, oh, what's going on here? And, um, yeah. and it takes them by surprise, I think, to what, yeah. how incongruent the external and the internal worlds can actually be. So, yeah, it'd be fascinating to see it all come into alignment. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love watching at people who um, sometimes they don't realize how out of alignment they are when they first come in. Mm. Um, and I can hear it and we start to talk about it. And and often somebody comes in, you know, with just one little part of their life and they go, I think I just need to do a little tweak here. And we do that. And it's just like, wow. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, it could be like that. Yeah. You know, life could feel like that because our experience is our experience. Mm. And so um, if we have never had any of those really peak connected experiences in our life, then when we first start to have them, it's just like, oh, my goodness. Take you by surprise. Yeah, yeah. What else is possible? And, um, you know, so, it, you know, that I love seeing, you know, people who are just going, I can't believe it, I'm doing this now. And, um, yeah. And do you get them to journal or does it just show up in their lives? Do they have to introspect a a deal to just kind of watch themselves? Some of the changes are subtle and some of them are now, you know, climbing Mount Warning and that's pretty evident. You don't have to write a diary (laughs) about that. But small things that change that you kind of look back and go, oh, I didn't used to feel that way about going to the movies or 
Like, and, and I yep. see this in our community is like, oh, I can now sit in a movie seat. And so all the angst that comes with I'm going to a cafe, like I've even heard they say I'm going to a cafe and they'll set it up unknowing they've created this way of managing their day around, well, I've got to go for coffee with so-and-so, so I'll do it at this particular cafe because I know I can fit in there or, you know, I'm not going to feel too conspicuous there or all those different considerations that we do start to weave in as our normal understanding of life. And I think once you start to remove those, all that headspace that it must take up to have all those thoughts around everything we do, when you clear that path out, it it obviously makes room for, you know, new and different other things to happen with all that time and energy you've got. Um, So it's a lot more relaxing. Oh, yes. It creates so much space in your brain when you don't have to always be thinking about how you're going to manage your day, Mm. um, you know, so that you can do whatever it is. Yeah. I think that sometimes it's an interesting question about whether, you know, it's a natural thing because sometimes the changes are more taken, they're, they're more related to our natural development. And so it's like you don't even, they don't even notice it. So, you know, so people will come in and, and you might say, oh, you know, oh, I noticed that you, you know, you, you, you know, just sat down there without checking everything around you, let's say. And it's like, oh, did I used to do that? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you did, <laughs> you know, and no, I don't even think about that anymore. I don't even th- think about it. When I'm just saying that, I'm thinking about a mum that um, had come in and, and she was just beside herself terrified about her kids all the time and what Mm. would happen to them when they were out of her care, which, you know, was awful. She was just constantly in this fear. And, uh, you know, she said, I don't think, was I really that, was I really that upset? And I read something. I said, well, you know, you said this. I said, and she, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's almost like when we've got pain in our body, you it's all you can think about. I've got a sore back. I can't do this. My back's sore. I can't do that. I'm tired. I'm in pain. And then you go and get your pain treated and you do your exercises like you're told to at the physio and the pain goes away and you forget. And I think it's fascinating how adaptive our bodies are and our minds to this kind of thing. It's like same. I'm working with bodies for as long as I have. I was like, how's your right ankle? And they're like, oh, I don't know, like what was wrong with it? And I said, well, we were treating it for three months because <laughs> you could hardly walk on it. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Actually, that's right. So it's the same thing. It's how quickly, how focused on the pain or the, you know, upset we can be. And then when it goes away, it's like it was never there in the first place. And I think that's where introspection and looking back over things, you know, not dwelling, but not reassessing and having a look at, you know, six months ago, these were my thought patterns. And now I don't even, it's not even on my radar. And that's where you go, gosh, you know, and it's so this kind of work you do is so clean like that. I think it's here one minute and gone the next kind of thing. Sure, you don't have a magic wand in your room. I do sometimes tease people and say, okay, so if I pulled out my magic wand, <laughs> what would you really want? <laughs> But one of the things that um, that that um, we talk about in one of the the kinesiology I use um, I use two kinds of kinesiology primarily and one is uh, brain gym uh, educational kinesiology Mm. which I find really important because it's all about uh, it is all about re-educating ourselves not just the change process and the other part is transformation kinesiology which is very much connecting up with that inner 
leader, that higher part of us. Yeah. And um, but in educational kinesiology, um, it, it, we always talk very much about celebrating um, those changes. It's a very much part of the culture. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important that we do take a moment and not just you know, except that the pain is gone. It's like, wow, you know, when we take that, it changes the way we think about the world. When we have that real moment of celebration and gratitude for, you know, wow, look at that. I did the things, I followed that process and look, my ankle's great. Look at me now. And it is exactly. And then that inspires us to do it again with other things. Yeah. And they do talk about that to celebrate to actually do celebrate the small wins. And I don't know if we do enough of that. You know, it doesn't have to be a party, but it's acknowledging, discussing, wowing and moving on. And that's like actually kind of a punctuation mark of check this out and look what I'm doing. And it reminds your brain that you're kind of looking at moving forward and changing things as well. And I think, yeah, I think we all need to give ourselves a bit more of a pat on the back really when we're doing this kind of work because it's um, it takes courage and um, consistency and commitment and um, it's not to be taken lightly. So thank you, Gay, for joining us today. I think, yeah, over time we're really un traveling to what's on offer for our listeners and you're just another part of that beautiful puzzle and um, I'm sure your work is something that um, they'll get a lot out of exploring and we'll include all of Gay's contact details and the links to her courses and sessions in the show notes so thanks once again for joining us oh thank you again for having me that was great yeah lovely thank to you talk. yeah absolutely thank you so much have a lovely day bye Thanks for listening. And just before you go, we would love to hear your feedback. So please give us a rating and review. For other interesting topics of conversation and inspiration, come and drop into our Facebook community at BN Bariatric. If you've enjoyed our podcast, we hope you will share on your Facebook or Instagram and hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode.